Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast. I'm Ivanka Magic. My name is Michael Forrest. Um, This is a podcast where we have a little sort of public therapy chat and we sort of hang it on some overbearingly large topics so that when you're scrolling through it you sort of don't really want to listen to any of them because they all sound a bit hard and that's our USP. (laughs) Feels like too much like hard work. Um, But just click on any of them because none of them are very serious really. Although they are. But the idea is just got to keep thinking about this stuff. So the temptation is never to think about the big problems of the world and just focus on little stuff. So that's why every week we're trying to just make some time to think about the big things. Because that's how we start to make a change and that's how we will impact things. Every week we try to spend put some time aside to think about the big things. Thinking about big things, talking about them. Uh, what are we talking about this week? This week, we've decided to talk about understanding. We can come into it from a sort of empathy angle. We can talk about different types of understanding. We can talk about sort of understanding each other. We can talk about understanding the world through sort of science and things like that. We can talk about machine learning and whether machines understand things in a true sense. But I think we just, you know, see where we end up. So should we go? Let's go. Before we start, though, Michael, how was your week? My week was spectacular. It was, it was, it was, it was all right. I uh, we voted voted yesterday for what it's worth. Um, did some did some research on Wednesday night to see. Well, tried to do some research into the candidates on Wednesday night before Thursday morning voting. Couldn't find anything about any of these people on the internet, which was kind of weird, or very little. Not even on the Open Democracy website. I don't. I, I didn't really know where I was supposed to be looking, and it's not very well indexed by Google if that's where it's supposed to come from. And then, yeah, just my expectations of... I thought I'd just be able to leave it to the last minute and just kind of do some homework the day before. It turns out it's all... It seems like, yeah, like, who are these people that I'm supposed to vote on? I don't know. So the only person I ended up voting for was the guy that actually, I think, is already our councillor, and he helped Sharon out with our sort of leaky wall and our and in, in unresponsive uh, housing association. He actually kind of dealt with it and got something done. So I was like, okay, well, he seems good. So um, <laughs> we'll do that. And so you didn't like, just you didn't just vote vote for the red one or the yellow one or the green well, one. Well, I voted for the guy, yeah, the guy that had helped us out, but it also was a red one. But then I didn't vote for all the red ones because I was like, well, that's not. I mean, that's not what I'm about. But I also was like, and then there was this other one, the councillors. I was like, I don't know who any of these people are. I don't know. I just, next time I need to do a bit more homework ahead of time, realising that my expectations about how digital this stuff would be. I feel like if you're running for election, you should at least have a decent Twitter account, right? But apparently not. Oh, my goodness. I think one thing perhaps we should offer is open democracy people offer them some assistance with their SEO, it sounds like. Oh, yeah, some SEO, some flipping search engine optimization. if you didn't know. Get, get Maybe have a website if you're running for something. I don't know. Is that mad? It's not that hard to do if you kind of want to tell people who you are. I mean, it's the easiest thing to do, isn't it? Apart from just knocking on doors. If you're... Uh... Labour Party, they're still big on leafleting. Yeah, we. but what's a leaflet? It's like 50 words, okay? Or like a bigger leaflet. I don't know. 
bigger leaflets have more words or bigger words. I'm just thinking we just got these flyer things and that was about it. So Oh really? Um it was oh, it was it was pretty much a shot in the dark and just thankfully, um, you know, that I happened to at least one person actually had a kind of good experience with. So I was like, okay. Well, to start. Well, one way, one way, one way to help is to get involved with your local party yeah, of your yeah. choice. We forgot to talk. I forgot to talk about when we went to this council meeting last year, which was quite interesting to see how that all worked. But I think I just kind of conflated it with uh, sort of the moments in parks and recreation where they have the sort of public forums. But yeah, just seeing how they talk a lot of talk, but nothing's ever going to get started. It put me in a bit of a bad mood yesterday. Just kind of going, well, I'm trying, but you got to throw me a bone here, like, oh, <laughs> flipping heck. Um, in other yeah. news, oh, my, um, you know, I sorted out my studio and I started sort of shooting these these videos of me doing my little live techno sets and I've I got my little kind of 3D little people dancing in the foreground, like my little pretend band, and it looks kind of awesome. I did post a little video on the, on the podcast Instagram. Um, but yeah, like yesterday, I just put a little snippet up on Facebook. I've got some new likes on my page for the first time in ages. So it seems like, you know, it's always good. So I'm going to start posting that to some big groups. And it's, it's nice to sort of do something and people because it, it's like it was it was like a year of intensive development work and then I kind of released this video and people weren't that interested but then the idea of it was always it was sort of like supposed to be integrated with reality um rather than just a thing on its own and I think being able to see my big face behind my little characters just made it kind of come alive in a way in the way that it was in my head and it was like yeah <laughs> it was quite clever I did check it out on the Instagrams <laughs> And there's lots more I can do with it. I, I haven't even, sort of, I'm not even moving the camera around yet. I just turned all of, a lot of the stuff off for that demo. Works going okay. I was thinking like, yeah, I think maybe this job can be my, I can stop complaining about what's my big thing. Because I'm actually for my day job and potentially like part of the kind of higher level team now in this thing, which is a platform for helping other people change the world. So I think I've always been a good kind of make tools for doing things kind of person. So, you know, I think that suits me. So I can sort of panic a bit less about whether, you know, about this being a practical thing and just, you know, it's about it's about exchanging ideas and, and people connecting just with words without even any programming. I'm just rambling and you know, yeah. not saying anything. <laughs> Just listening to you, it's like, yeah, you are rambling a bit. How was your week? My week was uh, very good. I did a day's work yesterday as a user research coach. We had five people. We had a whole day of working together and it, I, I enjoyed it. It suits me. Were they already user researchers? Or? It, it was a bit of a mixed bag because I had some, one person who was experienced a couple of novices and one person who'd never done any. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a mixed bag. Uh, so we geared it towards the, uh, not the least experienced, but the less experienced. It suited me because I got, I, uh, by way of preparation, I had lots of different activities to do because I didn't really know who was going to be there before the day because it was in the civil service and often the civil service, you know, they kind of like to, they, they, you don't always know how many people are going to turn up to public sector meeting of mm. any description. So I was like, so I had more activities and I thought I could get through a few ideas for how to organize it. 
And so I spent a little bit of time at the beginning working out who everyone was and what they could do. And then we worked very hard. So by, by four o'clock, they were all looking at me, looking very tired. So I thought that I'd done a good job. Excellent. You wore them out. <laughs> they, they made positive noises. So I then spent sort of the last bit of the day showing them some things where they could just sit there and absorb without having to particularly participate. And then I let them go. And then I'm seeing them again next week. Oh. So that's exciting. Oh, there you go. Some, uh, some. That's my earning some, earning some beans. How do you know when you've understood something? I believe that I've understood something when I can explain it to somebody else and can answer their questions, okay. and then they walk away feeling like they've understood it too. There is a look. What's that click though? Before where you just go, oh yeah, there oh. we go. That makes sense. It's a weird thing. I watched. That's what I did this week. What did you do? I binged watched this YouTube, and this is pertains to understanding. I oh, yeah. binged watched like probably thirty five odd hours of this YouTube series of this guy <laughs> building a computer from scratch on a breadboard on the set of breadboards. So he made a clock. He made memory registers. He made like a, like a little unit for doing addition and subtraction. He made um, command register, all the different bits of the computer and like all with these little LEDs and sort of did one at a time and just went through it. And I was like, I understand things that I've never understood in my life that I've been, you know, I've been working with computers for wow. so long. And I had these books, you know, books growing up and I was into electronics when I was like a little boy. But actually something about the way he presented it and went through it I was it just clicked so much stuff and I it was just such a it's fun and I was just addicted to it because I was like I'm understanding new things <laughs> and it's just kind of a pleasure to just watch this guy go through these things talking about these concepts that I've had a sort of vague understanding of that's in, uh, you know, enough to get by but or maybe I've just never really needed to understand the lower levels. But now I'm kind of going, okay, right. So you, the, the the program counter ticks forward and it loads in the instruction, and then it's all about like bitmaps and and kind of it's, it's all transformations of ones and zeros that kind of result in things. And then if you kind of set it up to have a certain mechanical thing, then it it, it still sort of works, and it's, it's it's magical. It was magical. So yeah, understanding is what's is it called? Fun. I'll link to it, but it's just called yeah, it's called building a breadboard computer. I'll, I'll, and the guy is called Ben Eater, and it was great. <laughs> if, you, if you're remotely interested in how this stuff actually works inside, then it was very clear, and he, he did a really nice job of presenting it. I was in a clothes shop the other day, and uh, the woman was ta- she was taking my money. She was trying to take my money on her computer, mm. and uh, she got a blue screen of fatal exception error. And I said, she said what, 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 what have I done? I said, don't worry wasn't you <laughs> it was the computer <laughs> it was the fool what programmed it um she was like oh i don't know what to do now switch it back on again <laughs> so i like I'm, i think i'm quite addicted to understanding things i like understanding things it's a nice feeling but like it's that thing of do you know you understood it because sometimes i'm sure you can think you understand something but don't and you have these conversations with people and they sort of act as though they've understood way before seems realistic (laughs) (laughs) they call it active listening Uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah yeah (laughs) i understand no i understand no no you don't understand you're not listening and you're just you think i'm saying this other thing yeah understanding is 
very connected to listening. And that was yeah. that was the thing, like, yeah, watching this YouTube series, just like it was it was one of those things. It was very engaging. But if I zoned out for like 30 seconds, that's it. Like, <laughs> rewind. You had to, you had to you had rewind. To, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. it was one of those things where, oh. like, you gotta, you got to sort of just pay attention. I, th- I think that's one of the things that's really hard. So I am a, 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 what do you call it, a skim reader, a scan reader, whatever. You know, so I, if, I'm, if I'm relaxing, I read trash that I read. Maybe look at a, on a page, I might read an actual third of the words. Mm. <laughs> so I can sort of go, I can eat, eat, gobble up a cheap, easy novel. Yeah. Uh, but then when I have to read something where I actually want to absorb the information and understand it, I, it, I it's quite a struggle to set to, to get myself in the brain space to go, right, I'm reading this. I'm going to absorb every single mm. word. And I have to rewind even when I'm reading, never mind listening to somebody else talking. <laughs> um, I'm, I think I'm better when I'm listening to somebody telling me something. I find that's an easier way. I'm less likely to zone out. But yeah, that that thing of sort of speed reading and just kind of skipping half the words. Yeah, sometimes I sort of start, I get into a book and I'm like, yeah, this is not really got very much substance to it. I'm just going <laughs> to yeah, like yeah, yeah. like, really whip through it. Five pages a second. <laughs> and then you can sort of tell if you've, and then if you do miss something, you can just kind of go, oh, actually, I, I've kind of lost the thread a bit here. And then you can kind of go back and read it properly. But most of the time it's just like, here is a load of things you already know and or some cliches and or some yeah, <laughs> kind yeah, of generic yeah. stuff that's <laughs> get to the point. There's these sort of painfully meandering, abstracting, wandering all over the place, uh, French philosophers Deleuze and Guattari that a lot of my friends at university studied. And so we always had to talk about their theories. And I, I hated most of it. And I tried to read the book that they all read, this A Thousand Plateaus. And you just kind of go, what are you You're just saying? all the possible words and ideas between each sentence and it's just going off and you're not actually trying to make a point you're just trying to make my brain go in every single direction which I don't appreciate, thank you very much but something they did have was this concept of abstract machines which I quite liked as so an abstract machine being, well my understanding of it being this sort of replicating um, sort of mental process that you can, if you can explain a little mental process to someone else and then they've got it in their brain as well so we're, we're kind of these collections of little sort of algorithms that, that they sort of bounce around and they're not necessarily always connected they're so abstract i can't think of an example of one. <laughs> there's like a kind of a little thought process that it's, it, it could even just be like a thing that like a mental model of someone else what someone else would say so like once you've kind of got the idea of what your partner's what your partner is likely to think about something then you've got like a, a little version of them in your brain oh, I that's see. interpreting the world but it's not just models of other people but it's it's almost like if a person is an assemblage of lots of different of these kind of processes or like beliefs or little kind of ideas then you sort of like share those between each other and then now you've got a copy of this thing that when it sees I think it is kind of kind of maps into sort of neural networks when some they when you see, for example, like Sharon's got this glove blog on Instagram where she sort of takes pictures of just lost single gloves, um, um, 
And now, so she's got an algorithm in her brain which goes, oh, if I see a glove on the floor, I take a picture of it and post it to Instagram. So now I'm walking around. And then if I see a glove on the floor, like the machine is in me as well. So it's it's sort of, okay, well, yeah, I'd better take a picture of that for Sharon or just tell her about it later. <laughs> like, um, you said some interesting things. She says in user researcher mode, you said, you know, like you're understanding something you've got sort of levels of understanding where you understand enough to get by yeah so there's that sort of you know i can bake bread even though i don't necessarily understand the chemistry and biology involved in the yeast reacting with the water and the flour and the mm. sugar and the salt whatever it is you know well, that's the... quite that's always quite compelling to me the idea of oh what if i could get that kind of lower level type yeah. of understanding going but you don't need it to get by no and that's what you're talking about with that with the example of the computer the, the breadboard computer it's you can absolutely use a computer build a computer upgrade a computer, do quite a lot to a computer without really understanding how it all works and which are the component parts. So, mm. um, you know, we can live on the planet without really understanding the universe. You know, it doesn't... We don't have yeah, to understand everything to a great to degree. So there's the enough to get by. Enough to get by might be enough to function. It might mean enough to pretend <laughs> um, I often feel especially now that one of the things I'm enjoying about this podcast is there's quite a lot of things that I think I know that actually when you and I sit down and talk about them I'm like, I actually I don't, I don't know enough about this I need to go off and read some more or it, it clarifies to me what I think I know yeah or so I quite enjoy that then it make kind of makes me more confident because then I've had my ideas tested a bit by you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had to explain them to Michael. Um, yeah. I've got a, a, one thing that came up this week. My uh, sister was telling me about her foster kid was at school and he's got this teacher he doesn't like. Yeah. And we were digging up, you know, on, digging up? on digging why he doesn't like the teacher. And it's because the teacher probably doesn't understand their topic well enough. So when he asks yeah. questions, they can't answer the questions. So then they get cross with him and then, you know, <laughs> he gets sent out of class for going, yeah, but what does that mean? Or what yeah. if, and I think that's quite, that's quite a, a difficult thing for children in school. I remember I had a friend who uh, told me, this is years ago, told me this story that when he was in school, he'd had an argument with a teacher because he told her that a sheet of A4 was a 3D object. And she told him it wasn't. And he was like, well, it is. <laughs> because, <laughs> because it has a depth. It's just that the depth there's really, you know, a piece yeah. of paper is a 3D object. This teacher's like, no, it's a flat object. He's like, no, it's a 3, it's a 2D. No, it's a <laughs> So it's like um, that sort of, and it was a science class and it was something about the state, the, the, the state that matter can be in. Mm. And he'd read something else somewhere else. And he said, what about fire or something? You know, like, I don't know. And uh, she said, well, at GCSE, you don't need to know about the fourth state. And he was like, yeah, but is there a fourth state? And he's like, well, you don't need to know about it. Like, uh, yeah, but... So why like just a, tell me? Like, just, <laughs> it's that thing... And I don't like this thing that... The way the curriculum is sort of like... Has these little... And I know there's a lot to kind of... Sometimes you just don't have the concepts in order to be able to explain it. But, yeah, have a go. Like, if you're going... If you're putting people in the mindset of one, two, three... Okay, let's have four. Just have a go and then, you know, we'll get to yeah. it. And then maybe, think, yeah, maybe uh, later. Now, now, now you can look it up. 
pretty easily, can't you? So Yeah, but you know, if you're in your science class, it seems reasonable to go, Hello science, science. teacher. What what's what about this then? Plasma um, state is the fourth one. That isn't was it, it yeah. 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 It is. That's Phew. what I learned talking <laughs> I was like, to a fourteen year old. What is the fourth one? Uh, plasma, yes. But yeah, that's exactly what I did. Lydia mm. was telling me the story and I was like uh, what is the fourth? <laughs> She's like plasma. She goes, I didn't know either. Oh, okay, um, but you know, demonstrates that we've uh, that we that we we have a young man who's interested in things and learns things. So that's cool. Mm. Um, so um, we, yeah, understanding enough of something. Yeah. So and this comes up in the way I think I've got very far in my programming career by being able to sort of pull together enough example or you know I know something I've got to do and I can kind of make it happen and I know it worked because it worked but I think you can get quite a long way without necessarily understanding everything that's underneath although I think as I said before it's when the bugs come in that you kind of then have to read how everything works internally uh, so that you can actually kind of fix the problems with it so you can sort of Without an understanding, you can successfully create... If, if everything goes well, you can create something. But then if something goes wrong, then there's an awful lot more to learn to troubleshoot that. And that probably, that probably applies to lots of things, lots of professions, lots of things in life. Like it's when something goes wrong, when something stops, doesn't behave as you expected. Yeah, that's when you really need that extra level. Yeah. That's, and that's when your experience comes in and, you, yeah... But it's like um, the whole premise of school is around exams and testing. And, you know, I'm not sure that demonstrates your understanding of anything. And then I was thinking, well, you know, because that's just you telling a story of a thing. And then then there's applying it, applying your knowledge. Can you bake some bread? Yes, I can, but I still don't understand, you know, necessarily the reactions going on with the yeast. Does it matter? Well, probably not until the point at which your bread didn't rise. <laughs> and then you need some sort of deeper. Was my oven too hot, too cold? Was there too much yeast, not enough? Was there what 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 went wrong? But that still doesn't mean you, you understand it. It just means that your depth of understanding is greater or your ability to debug is greater. But it doesn't mean that you, it still doesn't mean you can explain the chemical reactions. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, you can learn some failed states and how to recover from those. So you can sort of, but that's not the same as necessarily understanding what's going on underneath. So I think to understand something, you're sort of painting a picture of it in your head or some creating some sort of narrative in your head. Yeah, like a mental model. Well, yeah, mental model, I think, is the proper word. So, yeah, painting a picture isn't a way I've thought about that, but yeah, it's probably a bit more intuitive. I think I have spoken about this before, definitely. It's like, why didn't I do mechanical engineering instead of electronic engineering? (laughs) Mechanical engineering seems to me to be far more, far less abstract than electronics. You know, you can see things move, you can see cogs, you can see all these things, and it's just like, you know, it's kind of easier to understand. You can play with things. I've got a stepper motor that I still haven't managed to make step, but I've watched some more videos. The good thing now is if you don't understand, like you can probably find a pretty good YouTube video on yeah. it. But I was in the realms of really dodgy, some bloke wearing weird gloves as he did something and some sort of like EDM music playing over the top of it. <laughs> Just to sort of demonstrate, put a capacitor here, twist these wires on awkwardly here. So Chris Anderson of the TED 
website has, has got a whole treatise on web video being a kind of a revolution in terms of sort of spreading ideas and understanding things. Um, and that I, I can't remember the details of the talk, but he just talks about, yeah, sort of being shown something and having seeing a person talk about it and just that kind of demonstration is so much more kind of, you know, reading is a relatively, is quite abstract in terms of human interaction and understanding. And it's kind of an invention of recent-ish times. Whereas someone talking to you face to face and maybe showing you a picture or showing yeah. you something is like orders of magnitude more powerful is his kind of, his, his, his angle on this. So that's... Um, so now, like, if you do want to do something, you can probably find a good, like, there's there's so many people putting up explanations of things on the internet. Yeah. You can probably find something that's even if it's if it's a mainstream thing, then you can probably find it. You know, I, you suck at Photoshop was quite a good YouTube series <laughs> on how to use like a funny kind of narrative-y sort of how to learn how to use Photoshop series about a sad man and <laughs> sort of having a divorce <laughs> or something. And similarly for like, uh, yeah, there's another one you suck at producing that's quite good as well. It's just like some Ableton Live tricks and he presents it quite well. So as we kind of get, as there's more and more kind of instructional content available you kind of get people doing a little bit more making it funnier making it kind of finding new ways to make it engaging um but even just ted just the the, the sort of explosion of just here here are some novel concepts here are some things that may spark some ideas it's it's been i mean it was a, a lot of inspirations coming from just seeing an interesting ted talk back then like it's got a bit harder to find an interesting one now i think it's a little bit oversaturated but you know you still sort of once in a while and and plus it's kind of the structure of them has become a bit for like repetitive they always kind of do the same thing now I, I was i was just thinking the video thing i quite i still prefer somebody to come and to sit with somebody and to do something for them to tell me about it i watched a documentary well, being a two-way video that is isn't it you can actually ask yeah. them questions as well because i want to get I, I i'm curious about a Google Analytics analysis of all things. Right. I have a lead a very interesting life. But obviously I've used it for a long time and I can but I'm sure there are things that I have I don't know how to do. Sometimes you just you've used something for a while and you kind of know where the things are, but you just want someone to kind of start from step one and just take yeah. you through in order. And it's it's I, I, I kind of think school is a bit too preoccupied with that step. You've got to do it in order. But actually, I don't think that always has to come first. No, no, no. That's exactly. So basically, I've been using it for a long time, happy with it. But I'm sure I'm missing a trick. And I'm sure there's more things that I could do with it if I... But I haven't asked myself the questions yet. And so I'd like somebody to do a did you know kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I was looking... So I'm, I... But I can't... I can't be bothered to watch a, a video about it. So like, it's still Google Analytics. And I still think that it'd be more interesting to sit with somebody than I might have a laugh then. <laughs> Get something I often do with these things is play them at like double speed. And then you can just kind of hear someone talking through something really quickly. And then if it, it does get a bit difficult, then you slow it down again. Mm, top tips. And watch it at half speed, which makes them always sound drunk. Okay, I've, I've remembered this list of different kinds of understanding that um, 
from Douglas Hofstadter's book. And he talks about, yeah, one another big m- method of understanding is by analogy. That's quite a popular way. Oh. If you, this is like this other thing that you already understand. Okay, I understand it. Even though probably there are some sort of, well, but if you can start from that kind of, okay, this is like that. All oh, right, I see then that kind of gets you a long way towards something. So you don't have to kind of understand from scratch every single time. I'm a big analogy user. You really are. When explaining things. <laughs> <laughs> I use and abuse analogies all the time. <laughs> Another type is, well, and then and then he talks a lot about the difference between sort of Eastern approaches to knowledge and Western approaches to knowledge. Um <laughs> So in the West, we're quite preoccupied with what he calls reductionist understandings of things. So we break things down into their smallest components and then try and understand those. So we smash atoms apart and we kind of feel like if we can understand all the things that make something up, then we can understand the things that emerge from that. Um, however, sort of Eastern wisdom, he says, and uh, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm sort of taking his word for, <laughs> for a lot of this because I, I'm not insists. an expert in in uh, in these things. But um, it's more about where well, you can't understand piecemeal. You have to have a holistic understanding of things. Like you can't ignore that, and they sort of find our reductionist approach to knowledge very limited because we're not kind of taking that overall view and often I find myself quite frustrated that people kind of just sort of ignore well we talked about it in terms of medicine um just yeah. they're all they're just focused on the drugs and the and the kind of talking to you for a bit but just not really huge aspects of of well-being that come from the environment and the kind of surrounding interactions and all that kind of thing so I think that yeah there's that, that no one is better than the other reductionist versus holistic but i mean it's global everything's global now so it's all kind of historical a bit more but yeah we haven't managed to figure out how to get from the little things to the big things but when there's enough complexity and emergent behavior and and consciousness and things like that emerging from extremely complex interactions of neurons and atoms and things it's like to get from the ground up is very difficult and that's what and our intuitive understanding of a lot of these things comes from that sort of top down sort of abstract i don't really know why this is but i can understand an awful lot about it if i take the thing as a whole i i didn't the reductionist versus holistic sounds familiar but i don't think it's something that i've got in my knowledge bank but i think i'm more of a even in con, in the context of of making a product you know and it and an expert in a single thing is not going to help you make a successful product. No. You know, you, the, the depth, you do need the breadth or, or people that can bridge the different depths, as it were. So, you, yeah. you know, the kind of... Disciplines. Disciplines. Yeah, you do. I was going to say, you know, you, you do... The, the, the full advantage of a multidisciplinary team is that understanding of the whole instead of... yeah. The, uh, and that's what makes something successful, which is why the sort of attributing too much strength to any particular discipline isn't a particularly good idea and doesn't really result in successful products, unless you're lucky. There's always a bit of luck. 
if you want to ship something, you've got to kind of... I've seen teams of developers where all they're interested in is, you know, going through the bug list that has been created or the feature list, but that no one's really got that. And this is why I get a bit upset if someone just kind of treats me like I'm a just a developer and just that, because I kind of sort of see that thing of not really taking responsibility for the the thing actually being completed and going out, which doesn't just mean you get your bit of code working. It means the content's got to get in there, which means the marketing's <laughs> got to be sort of ready. It's got to be yeah. ready to point people at. And there's there's layers and layers to things that if you just sort of stay specialised in your one little area, that if no one else is really focusing on that either, then you just don't get anywhere. And often with small teams, you you hope that the product owner, project product manager sort of person will... But sometimes there isn't even someone doing that. So, you know, I often end up kind of prioritizing my stuff based on we've actually got to put something out. (laughs) I can keep fiddling with my little bit over here indefinitely, but it's never going to go live because no one's actually kind of focusing on pushing the, the actual whole thing forward. No. So I do think the uh, sort of the, the holistic view isn't just in health or, you know, it's mm. it's it's quite important and growing. I mean, that the, the government digital service did that thing where or did a thing where nobody was allowed to be a user experience architect. That job title didn't exist because right. the argument was that, you know, you had interaction designers, designers, user researchers, developers, blah, blah, blah. But as a team, you were responsible for the user experience right. and that it wasn't because, you know, you could have a really well designed interface, but if it, the app ran really slowly then it wouldn't feel like a good experience regardless Mm. of how beautiful the interaction design was so um and compelling so it's that kind so and i think that's a i think that's a sensible you know it is a bit of a linguistic or a labelly reminder but it is a reminder that no single person can be responsible for the user experience it is everybody um so you know you can have the best yeast in the world <laughs> but if you haven't let the bread prove it's not going to be good bread <laughs> i understand that now that it's been an analogy <laughs> <laughs> i have always been interested in you know the hardest problems i think i think mean, maybe not day to day but i i like stuff that makes me feel clever when I figure it out <laughs> um, and the sort of biggest the biggest gaps I think in our understanding one of the, a couple of the key ones for me are consciousness and then also I just think music as well for me is sort of par- kind of the same it, like similar art maybe in general but for me music is this thing that sort of is the kind of the complexity of consciousness, but in a different way. It's as kind of inscrutable um, in similar ways. So my idea about consciousness was always, okay, well, we can try and sort of understand it and you do sort of take a Turing approach, take an algorithmic, take different ideas of, you know, what is thinking? What is What are ideas? And we, we've sort of, computers were created based on what, how people thought brains worked in this sort of mechanistic, okay, we take this thing and take this thing. And what we've discovered from building, like taking that to an extreme is like what its shortcomings are as well, which is a, a machine will just keep doing something stupid over and over again indefinitely, whereas the stupidest human will stop after a couple of times and go, what, this isn't working. This ability to sort of step outside the problem um, is quite fundamental to 
intelligence when you're looking at it in terms of what how computers are different from people. But I always kind of felt like um, we would know we understood intelligence when we had recreated it. And maybe that's true for, you know, you, you, can you, you can say you, it gives you a certain kind of insight and understanding if you can recreate something. So it doesn't have to be intelligence or consciousness. It can be a, a car or a little robot or a little breadboard computer. Um, I think that's quite a good way of understanding things. Just try and make one that works. I've gone from understanding to consciousness. I don't really understand what consciousness is. Well, I'm not. Ta- um, I'm not saying we have to talk about consciousness. I'm just saying yeah. that that's something that I think you know, we don't understand yet as a race. Right. So that's where it kind of gets interesting. Like, what? What? How would we know when we do understand it? Yeah. How do you do? Because a lot of what we, a lot of the way we learn about things is to do experiments and reproduce. I said, okay. I know. Okay. Yeah. I don't know that I want people reproducing consciousness. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, tough. <laughs> We're going to figure it out. Um, oh, no, I am scared. If we do want to just, uh, if you do, like the book that kind of made me stop worrying about it quite as much was Daniel Dennett's Consciousness Explained, ooh. where the, the basic idea is like, yeah, it's software, it's complicated software. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's something I can... I have a men- I, I have like this kind of an analogy that I can I can use and go, okay, right, it's just... It's very complicated, weirdly engineered software. <laughs> um, so, yeah, interesting. So, I, so I'm sort of like, it lets, it's enough to let me kind of stop worrying about it quite so much. Um, because, I mean, the alternative is it's a magical soul that, you know, lives in our bodies and then floats off into space or floats Beautiful. into some <laughs> other astral plane, like, which is, you know, that to me, when I was younger, that was like the alternative. It's like, OK, if is there a soul? Is there not? Like, if there isn't, then in 20 years or whenever, you know, it's always 20 years, then we will have created something that seems to have a soul. But if we haven't, then... Okay, well, it's still open. So, but then I th- I'm pretty confident that we will. So that I'm not going to worry too much about this magical floaty thing. This is not something that I've thought about in the same terms as you. And therefore, <laughs> it's quite difficult to have a conversation about it. Because it's like, oh, now I've listened to that. Now I need to go and one, you know, I'll be doing something else, thinking about that and going, oh, yeah, I don't know what I think about that. Um, you and everybody I, probably. Like, I, they're just uh, kind of gone, whatever. Uh, it's, it goes down to that sort of like different emoji responses, you know. It's, it's kind of like a nod of the head. Mm. Mm. It's one of those. Well, oh, how can we how can we tie uh, this back to something we can we have a conversation I'll, about? I'll, take, I'll make it more insane if you want for a minute. Oh, do I went for um, as you know, I've been struggling with my sore shoulder this week. Yes. So I went to see a friend of mine who's highly qualified you know he's got a sports science degree and a master's in this and he's been like the muscle trainer for muscle strength trainer for team gb this that and the other highly qualified so i go for him for a massage he's sorting out my shoulder and then um we end up talking about podcasts and what he listens to a lot on podcasts and he's the thing he's listening to a lot about a lot at the moment is all these experiments they're doing with psychedelics right yeah (laughs) that's the thing that he's and conscious that's what when you started talking about consciousness I was like because all uh, he sent me like I was like well send me a few podcasts I would listen but I haven't had a chance to actually listen to them yet but he um 
I mean, I have been, I have read or I have this sort of peripheral awareness that there are experiments being done to use psychedelics to treat people with depression mm. and I think PTSD as well. But I uh, hadn't, I, you know, I haven't dug into it. But he was telling me about all these experiments they're doing, like to um, give a dying person and the entire family psychedelics at the same time, sort of right. at the moment of death and all this kind mm. of stuff. And it's like, that's sort of a whole world of consciousness. That's what, when you say consciousness, that's what I end yeah. up thinking about. It's like, I think, uh, you know, the obsession with consciousness is more to do with what happens after you die. Yeah, so that's, where, that's why it's important, isn't it? It's, yeah. And that's, I guess, why it felt, for me, I've sort of forgotten that that was why I cared about it. But yeah, so that's then it's like, yeah, it was to do with souls. It was to do with, am I going to live forever as a ghost? Or am I going to just die after my time here? So obviously there's nothing really more important, is there? It's like, well, how long have I got? (laughs) What a waste. All this learning and activity, then you suddenly, you just kind of like disappear. That's why I want to live for like 300 years so that I can like learn more stuff. Do all my projects. I can't possibly complete my my to-do list in 100 years. Um, I do have to concur with Steve Jobs on this thing. I I think like to, to take you seriously i kind of feel like you have to have ingested some sort of psychedelics at some point so you can understand how idiosyncratic our daily understanding of the world is and how different it could be just if the chemical balance was shifted a little bit because i think that does make you appreciate it's not something i would want to do very often but it's if at all anymore but it does make you appreciate how what a weird like how particular the lens through which we view reality really is and that's why people come out of these experiences with i know i understand everything it's not it's not a thing i've dabbled in oh well i can't talk to you then sorry no clearly i have you know i can't be taken seriously Mm. anymore (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, i did read uh this week as well about the that uh, he's a British but moved to Australia scientist, British-born. David Goodall is 104 mm. and he's choosing to die. He's taking himself off to a, oh. a Swiss clinic. And it sounds like, on reading it, he's just had enough. 104 <laughs> right. years old, still bored. working at a university. Right, still working. Still working, but they, a few years ago, very recently, restricted his access to things based on health and safety, something. Right. And so suddenly, well, suddenly, sounds like they've taken away his reason to keep going. Right. And so he's... Well, that's kind of criminal isn't it like and and it works for free at the university because he's like a you know a highly skilled volunteer type person mm. we had some sort of honest honorary research position or something yeah um but you know what i think what on the subject of living to 300 michael you just got to keep yourself interested in projects well, gotta, but I, yeah just always <laughs> keep learning like i i know that the minute i stop learning new stuff i'm gonna oh, then what like there's what's left like you just got to keep I'm just, I just want new things in my brain all the time. Maybe that's selfish. Maybe I should be uh, getting life from giving things to other people. But, or, or I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I'm I think trying. you can't. What are you going to do? I mean, well, I think it's a mixture. But I think, I mean, I, I think we're both a bit like the kind of people who are like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Right. I must go and read about it. Yeah. Um, watch I love video, finding a, a little, I love it when you sort of find a little vein of, like explanation somewhere and you can just kind of like binge on that you know again 
breadboard YouTube series or like nicely written book on economics or like, I don't know. It's like, oh, I don't know about this. I don't think having a curiosity about Google Analytics is a particularly exciting curiosity <laughs> to have, but I, uh, but I am curious. I'm like, what is the, come on, skill me up, please. Thank you. can't understand something if you're asking the wrong questions and that's how we we kind of we build up our set of questions that we ask about the things around us and we ask the world those questions by looking at them or talking to them or you know and but if you don't know the right question to ask then you'll never you sometimes someone's just missing something really important because they're just not asking that question and I think this kind of ties into the conspiracy theories world and into kind of political environment at the moment and all that kind of thing. Uh, but but I, don't, I don't think it's to do with um, not knowing the right question to ask. I think you can't ask the right question until you know enough. It's like what I was saying earlier about, you know, I'm sure Google Analytics can do more for me, but I don't know the questions to ask. I don't really, I'm not excited enough about it. I don't, you know, I'm not bothered by it enough to question it it's the same like in this coaching session yesterday the questions people asked me at the beginning helped me understand where their knowledge lies I'm like right, oh okay. if you're asking that question then you there's all this stuff down here that you you don't know yet let me okay. let me take you down a bit and then you can change you know you'll realize that that's the wrong question um mm. but i don't think you can ask the right question until you you know enough that's what I say. And then, yeah, and then also sometimes you develop an intuition about what should be possible or what, you know, for, for, yeah. for me, like working, it's like I know that this sort of thing should be possible. So then I'll kind of do some research and try and find how to do that thing. Whereas someone with less experience in that particular area who yeah. won't, will just kind of continue down a different line, which is a lot less efficient because they won't have that intuition about how things should be able to work. And then that's the, that's the fear for me of like taking the brakes off the programming for too long is that my intuitions about what sort of thing you can do will just be out of date and, you know, I'll just be slow and I'll just be, you know. I think, I think there's, there's a couple of things that, uh, 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 what we've spoken already about the fact that base, because of what we do for a living and our interest in technology, our expectations of technology are far higher than other people's who don't mm. don't have the, the knowledge. It's like, actually, what do you mean I can't do that? That is easy. Why haven't you implemented it? it you yeah. know, whatever it is, or it's it's a it's a well-known pattern or whatever. Um, equally, I think if you don't understand things that's one of the biggest reasons that make one of the biggest things to make you fearful are things that you don't understand there's also the 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 fact that in in experiments proven by science that are real facts people are less likely to believe a statement that is either expressed with complex words yeah. or uh, in a you know a funny difficult to understand font 
Right. They were like, no, that statement is not true because it's sort of obfuscated in some way. Like, I don't understand it, so it must be false. Right. Um, I can, I could, I could actually find a liter- the, the name of that confirmation, that bias, but I can't. You know. mm. um, Fond I typographic bias. Lexographic bias. I don't it's know. It's called something cognitive fluency, processing right. fluency. There's friction going in. Yeah, then it's like, it's lies. So uh, a friend of mine shared her presentation on cognitive biases so that I could be inspired. <laughs> mm. And uh, she's used the sentence, is consequences of erudite vernacular used irrespective of necessity. Um, <laughs> Thanks for that. There is some sort of weird scale or continuum of, you know, this sort of plain English explaining something well versus dumbing down. And people, that's where people get all caught up in the middle of it going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I shouldn't be needing to dumb this down and I shouldn't be having to do this. So, but do, the question is, do you want, how many people, what is the audience that you want to understand the thing that you're saying? And if the audience is very limited to you and an elite group of people that have exactly the same vocabulary as you, and I, I think we're conscious of this when we talk about technology on this, even yeah. even this podcast, we're like, mm, how, who knows what one of those is? Um, <laughs> but, or how many people, how, how much are we limiting access to what we're talking about? By using words like that. And when it's hard-won knowledge, you kind of... It doesn't mean it's that complicated. Like, it doesn't mean it's that difficult. Like, I mean... Like if I think if you're sort of protective and defensive about your special knowledge and you want to kind of keep it kind of shrouded in this intellectual sounding language, then like it's probably it's probably not. Just because you had to work hard for it doesn't necessarily mean that when you explain it, the other person has to work as hard. If you do a good job of explaining, which, yeah, it's not fair, but get over it. Yeah, I'm going to tell you one more story that I thought of. Um, so make it interesting. Make it interesting. It's going to be a story about a small child. Uh, no. no, I uh, <laughs> this this week. I told you I've been taking her to dance classes. She calls it dance class. Anyway, right. first two first two trials, she goes along. There's a massive mirror. She loves dancing, so she's basically of the 30 minutes in there spends. 23 minutes running around in front of the mirror going, hey, look at me, look, big mirror, woo, look. Uh, So after two goes at this, (laughs) I I spent quite some time explaining that when you're dancing at home, you can do whatever you like. But when you go to the dance class, you have to listen to the lady and do what Mm. she says. So we arrived this week and she just points her finger at it and goes, I'm going to listen to you. (laughs) (laughs) So I think she's got it. Well, I guess there's that there's that progression of of what sorts of things you can understand as your brain develops, and yeah, I remember kind of like presented with a newborn baby from some relative, kind of going, "Well, I reckon this one's too young, not understanding words or anything like that, but I bet the baby can sort of understand." groupings in a visual field so let's like arrange colors and see if the baby connects with that and yeah seem to have some good results put all the yellow ones together put all the blue ones together just kind of try and give someone a little learning experience but it's it's similar to that's learning how to train a 
neural network, a sort of synthetic mind is, um, you know, you go, this is loads of different pictures of cats. And then there's a label, that's a cat. And that's the computer now understand what a cat is enough to be able to tag it in your photo library. You know, I don't know. How much more understanding does it need? <laughs> Have we understood understanding? Uh, I mean, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to our podcast this week. If you like it, we've got a website, grandpodcast.com. We've got a Twitter, at Podcast Grand. We've got an Instagram, which is kind of taken off. We're putting a bit more stuff on there, Grand Podcast. We've got a YouTube. All these things are linked. And where can people find you? Uh, people can find me at Ivanka on Twitter. Is the main, I'd say, the main and best place to find me on the internet. Yeah. Everything else stems from there. Yes. Um, I make music. My website is michaelforestmusic.com. I much prefer it when you say, mate, I make music. <laughs> oh, I'm a deluded idiot or whatever you were saying last week. <laughs> so. no, like, that's, what I've, that's what I you have I to I make be. music. For some reason, I make music. Yeah, I don't make music. I listen to music. Mm. Um, I can't listen to music because I've made too much music because I understand it too much. Oh, so it's ruined. It? Oh, that's one thing we <laughs> haven't covered at all. Mm. Is the fact that there's a point at which you understand something so much that it's ruined. A mm. little bit of mystery might not be a bad thing, or yeah. a little bit of lack of understanding. Should we do mystery think? next week? We could do. <laughs> Sounds it's like, like why not? We've been out of our depth on many other topics. Yeah. Why not be out mystery. of our depth on mystery? <laughs> that's, that's fun. Let's do that. Yeah, um, all right. Um, can you still vote in the Grand Pod, the British Podcast Awards? Yes, you can. You can still vote at BritishPodcastAwards.com forward slash vote. Search for Ivanka. I think that's the easiest way to find us. And uh, yeah, give us your votes. Let us let us let it, let more people discover this wonderful podcast in which we demonstrate how much how out of depth we are on many a grand topic. <laughs> oh, did you know? Have you noticed I've been uh, playing us out on the podcast? By the way, the music, the end music. I've started playing a bit of music, playing over it, doing a little solo at the end. I've done it for three weeks now. I keep forgetting to mention it. I did a little trumpet solo a couple of weeks ago on the end of 22. <laughs> Yesterday I did a, a little synth solo. You know, keep an ear out. You might hear something. Uh, <laughs> just a little kind of bow on the end of it. Yes. All right. Well, thanks again. Yes. We'll see oh, you yeah. next and time. Don't forget things like oh. iTunes reviews. Oh, yeah, iTunes reviews. That's iTunes reviews or Apple Podcast reviews or, or Google Play reviews or Spotify follows or like YouTube, our YouTube subscribes. Click like, like subscribe. Stuff. Do just engage, send us questions, give us feedback, tell everybody, yeah. subscribe. Generally, get involved, help us make this a better podcast for you. That's what I say. All right, bye. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye. All right, see you then.